on my pillow that won't dry on their road beyond my ears. I've no sorrow, but today I don't walk alone. Are we doing a joke? Hello and welcome to Fort Lauderdale Primary Purpose Big Book Studies Group Thursday Night Alcoholics and God Speaker Step Series. I am a recovered alcoholic. My name is Alex. Alex. Thanks for joining us tonight. In a minute, we're going to start our two-minute meditation. So please take a moment to get situated. Please turn off all devices that make noise or will distract others. Take this time to get connected to God. Let the craziness of the day drift away and ask God to help you stay focused on the step study tonight. Is everyone ready? If so, let's begin the meditation. Now we're going to have our fog light prayer. 
God, God, let your love shine through me like a fog light so those who are lost, sick, and dying can find your love through me. Amen. Um, there is a solution from the big book, page 17. The tremendous fact for every one of us is that we have discovered a common solution. We have a way out on which we can absolutely agree and upon which we can join in brotherly and harmonious action. This is the great news this book carries to those who suffer from alcoholism. I've asked Tony to read Appendix 2, Spiritual, Condition, or Spiritual Experience. We read this because the main purpose of the 12 steps is to have one, so it's kind of important to know what one is. Hi, I'm Tony. I'm an alcoholic. Tony? The terms spiritual experience and spiritual awakening are used many times in this book, which upon careful reading shows that the personality change sufficient to bring about recovery from alcoholism has manifested itself among us in many different forms. Yet it is true that our first printing gave many readers the impression that these personality changes or religious experiences must be in the nature of sudden and spectacular upheavals. Happily for everyone, this conclusion is erroneous. In the first few chapters, a number of sudden revolutionary changes are described. Though it was not our intention to create such an impression, many alcoholics have nevertheless concluded that in order to recover, they must acquire an immediate and overwhelming God-consciousness, followed at once by a vast change in feeling and outlook. Among our rapidly growing membership of thousands of alcoholics, such transformations, though frequent, are by no means the rule. Most of our experiences are what the psychologist William James calls the educational variety because they develop slowly over a period of time. Quite often, friends of the newcomer are aware of the difference long before he is himself. He finally realizes that he has undergone a profound alteration in his reaction to life, that such a change could hardly have been brought about by himself alone. What often takes place in a few months could seldom have been accomplished by years of self-discipline. With few exceptions, our members find that they have tapped an unsuspected inner resource which they presently identify with their own conception of a power greater than themselves. Most of us think this awareness of a power greater than ourselves is the essence of spiritual experience. Our more religious members call it God-consciousness. Most empathetically, we wish to say that any alcoholic capable of honestly facing his problems in the light of our experience can recover, provided he does not close his mind to all spiritual concepts. He can only be defeated by an attitude of intolerance or belligerent denial. We find that no one need have difficulty with the spirituality of the program. Willingness, honesty, and open-mindedness are the essentials of recovery, but these are indispensable. There is a principle which is a bar against all information, which is proof against all arguments, and which cannot fail to keep a man in everlasting ignorance. That principle is contempt prior to investigation. Thank you. Let's see. All right, tonight we have uh, Doc speaking for us. He's on his third? Fourth. Fourth. Fourth that fourth session, and this is the traditions, right? Yeah. All right, so I don't. I would uh, give you a nice introduction on what that's going to be like, but I honestly have no idea. So. Right. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Doc alcoholic. 
Good to be here. Awesome. Yeah, a lot of people have no idea what the fourth tradition is, but I thank God they wrote them down. Thank God they came up with them, too. Uh, Yeah, we haven't been doing the joke. We need to be doing the joke before. That's part of, like... The joke, the meditation, all of that's part of it. So, a guy, yeah, I will. A guy goes into a bar with his pet giraffe, and they get absolutely hammered, and then the giraffe passes out, and the guy starts to go home, and the bartender said, hey, wait a minute, you can't leave that lion there. And the drunk says, that's no lion, that's a giraffe. <laughs> thank you, thank you very much. I'm here all week. <laughs> Tip your waitress, enjoy the buffet. <laughs> God, it's awesome. Oh, it's good to be home. There's a lot of laughter for two guys. <laughs> tradition four, right? There's a whole lot to unpack in tradition four, a whole lot to unpack. Um, but I'm not going to do that. I, I, I'm, I'm basically going to stay on just four different paragraphs. The... Uh, the second, third, fourth, and the last paragraph on page uh, 146, 147, and uh, 149 of the, of the 12 and 12. I'm not going to get into the wonderful story of uh, Wimbley Wombly's clapboard factory and what the hell that is and where it came from. God only knows. Someone will tell me. Uh, I know what a, what a clapboard is, but other than that, I'm going to stay in uh, some of the fun stuff in what this tradition says. So I'm going to, I'm going to read the tradition in um, formal AA language, and then uh, I'm going to paraphrase it for what I think it means to us individually, how we take these traditions and apply them to our life. Because, right, we, we've, got, we've, got, we've got this, and, and, you know, up to about here, right? No, up to about only here. There's a vision for you. Got it, right? This this part is is for us, and this is these are meetings, right? These are speakers, and they're re- very good speakers, and they've been you know uh, uh, chosen through uh, a committee of, uh, and some of them have been around for fifty, sixty, seventy years, right? These these speeches, but this this is really all we got to work with. It ain't much at all. Right, so we work with that, and we get through the steps, and then we're going. You know, Doc, I've been sober a little while, and I'm still having problems with like being disturbed, like we talked about, or 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 you know, my my big plans that never come around, or like how do I know when I'm serving God and I'm serving me, and and then the great catch-all, which is uh, I'm only supposed to be, I'm not supposed to be doing anything for self. But, this is so stupid, but I hear it all the time, right? But um, I'm helping a newcomer, and that makes me feel good, so therefore I'm selfish by helping someone to feel good, and it's just shut up and do what you're told at that point, right? But, no, I mean, I'm just repeating what was told me. Shut up and do what you're told. You, you'll, you'll get along fine. Um, but at some point, we say, you know, have you tried to apply the traditions to your personal life. And, uh, and I've said every week that, that step seven was the first time I saw that, right? Are you completely financially independent? Oh, well, not completely. Yeah, well, you should be. And then look at the others. Okay, so, so we're going to look at four. And four says every group, and by the way, 
you know, it's my contention that you are the group and you are the group and you and you and you and right. And I am the group. So therefore each AA, right, is what they call us in the book. Our, our members are called, you know. I think they reverse it. It's not Alcoholics Anonymous. I think it stands for Anonymous Alcoholics, right? Any anonymous alcoholic. So each group should be autonomous. What the hell does that mean? I've heard of autonomous erotic asphyxiation, right? Isn't that what that is? Oh, oh sorry. Okay, I got it mixed up. Should be autonomous. Oh, that's with your car. That's sex with your car. Autonomous, right? Each group should be autonomous. No, that's the doll, right? That's a doll saying. Automatons, right? Electric dolls, sex dolls. Gazorpazorp. Except in matters affecting other groups or AA as a whole. Each group should be autonomous. Except in matters affecting other groups or AA as a whole. So I'm going to say it in, 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 in doc speak. Every man and woman is autonomous. Answering only to your own conscience and to God as you understand him. That's it. That's what the tradition is. In my understanding. In my understanding, that's what the tradition is. I don't necessarily need the whole story of, of, of them building the first uh, recovery center or trying to. It's a wonderful story, and you should absolutely read it. It's only four pages long, this whole thing. Only four pages long. But I need to focus in and, and see, like, how, what, you know, what is autonomous? It means I'm an individual. I don't answer to anybody. I don't answer to anybody. I don't answer to my my. As far as my recovery, we're talking about spirituality and recovery, right? We're not talking about breaking the law and not answering to the court. You answer to the court, right? We're talking about spirituality, what's within this book, what, what we're here for. And as, as, as a man, I'm autonomous. I'm an individual. I don't have to answer to my, my girlfriend, my boyfriend, my children, my parents, my 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 sponsor, my sponsees. I don't have to answer to the speaker at the meeting, the chairperson. Nobody can come in and say, hey, I don't like the way you've been acting lately. Right? I don't have to answer to that. Now, I have my own conscience. I have to answer to my own conscience, which is, am I living the 12 steps as they've been taught to me from the big book? Right? Am I actually doing that 12 step? Have I had a spiritual awakening? If not, why not? And then I need to go back. So, so it, it very much that I can have all, any of those people say, you know, I'm concerned. I'm concerned with the way you're acting or the way you're not acting. Right? That, that's different. But having to answer to an authority, no one has an authority over my recovery or my spirituality. How fast I get to God or how slowly I take. Right? It's, it's, it's between God and me. And that's what this tradition is about. What this tradition eventually teaches us is as long as we're staying within the guidelines of the 12 steps, as long as we're doing what uh, step 6 says in the 12 and 12, which is uh, sincerely trying to grow in the image and likeness of our own creator, God. As long as we're sincerely trying to grow in the image of God, then... um, I'm completely autonomous. Then I have the right 
to be wrong. So awesome. So awesome. Then all my little plans and designs are, are just a speck of dust to God. Right? God cares about me and God loves me. But, but for me, the, the way I understand the God that's described in these two books is, is very parental. And as a parent, I can tell you, I watch my child grow up and have lots of different plans and designs. You know, and when I was a child, they said, you know, here's what I'm going to do. I saw an ad in the back of a comic book for a submarine. And it says, right, right, you can get a full-size submarine that'll fit two kids. And it has a real periscope and shoots missiles. And it's made of this special substance. And it's ready to go in the water. $7.95. Now, when I was a kid, $7.95 was like 75 bucks today, right? But, but also today, you probably spend 20 bucks to get a kid to mow your lawn, right? And then I think it was two. So I had to mow a bunch of lawns, like four lawns, five lawns, because I have to pay for gas at 25 cents a gallon. A lot of money. So I saved up my money. I got it. And you know what you get? Did you ever send away for that? You get cardboard in pieces that you fit together, tab A into slot B, and fold it down, and you get this elongated box with printing on it, and a rubber band to launch other pieces of cardboard and a, and a piece of a shiny piece of metal that was supposed to make your periscope. And literally it was no bigger than this, than this uh, lectern. It was a box. It was coffee table size. You couldn't get, you know, I couldn't get it. I couldn't get one foot in it today. Right. My plan was I was leaving home. I was taking this submarine to the beach, and I'm gone. I, I know France is that way. I'm gone, man. Nope. My little plans and designs is I got a freaking cardboard box after all that work. My little plans and designs. Oops. My, my parents. Oop. Damn it. My parents, yeah, you put on 15 pounds sitting around on your ass eating Twinkies all day, and pretty soon you're bumping into everything like Chris Farley. Son of a bitch. <sighs> okay, I'm back. I'm back. I'm, I'm sane again. They go, Chris Farley? Who was that? Oh, you poor children. You poor children. You know, I, um, I, my parents didn't laugh at me. It was, a, it was a beautiful thing. My parents didn't laugh at me. I don't think they know how hugely disappointed I was because they didn't know of my little plan design, right? But like a good parent, they, they, you know, they let me go on to the next thing. Whatever it was, I was going to build something in the garage or I was going to discover something with my chemistry set or I was going to, you know, whatever it is. My little plans and designs... And, and then we get older, and we do the same thing. But we do it weirdly. We do it with, like, relationships, you know? Oh, man, I just met her at a meeting, and ooh, it was God's will, <laughs> right? I mean, like, come on. And, and, like, now I can see I can see her making pancakes in the morning in, a, in, a, in an apron and high heels, and that's it. 
it would be great, man. I'm, I'm, and now I can, and she's like, she didn't even see me, right? But I have these plans. I'll tell you a really good one. You pull up in your car and you look over and whoa, there that person is. And all of a sudden your mind goes, oh my gosh, we're going to hook up. We're going we're gonna to have a, a great relationship. We're going to get married. We're going to have kids. They're going to get older. We're going to start to fight. Then we won't get along. Then we'll be really miserable. Then we'll get a divorce. And then uh, my heart will be broken. And then the light changes and we drive away, right? It's, it's, it's how we think. It's the insanity on page 37, the inability to think straight and lack of proportion. That's the insanity of alcoholism, especially untreated alcoholism. But I would, I would go so far as that type of thinking can continue in our minds. That's why we apply the traditions, things like this, right? Being autonomous means that my little plans and designs don't mean anything in God's giant plan, right? I'm allowed to be independent because as long as my little plan has nothing to do with interfering with any of you and it's not connected with any of you, I'm allowed to make these grand plans and see them crumble. And make some more and see them crumble. Trial and error. I'm allowed that. I'm allowed that. I spoke to a, a newcomer last night who has a problem with relapsing. He said, what do you think the problem is? I don't pray enough. I don't meditate at all. I'm sober, but I'm miserable. I said, well, you know, you're also powerless. Why are you beating yourself up for not praying enough and not meditating? You're incapable of doing those things. If you were capable of praying and meditating, you wouldn't need to ask God for help. Right? That's still your little plan. All I need to do, right? If I, My willpower is I'll just pray this away. I'll meditate this away. That's what I'll do. No, man, you're, I'm powerless today. I'm still powerless. Autonomy is a $10 word, but in relation to us, it means very simply that every AA group, therefore every, and I'll prove it to you in just the next sentence, every member can manage, wait a minute, what happened to step one? Well, you're in tradition four, man. You're in your postgraduate now, right? Your life was unmanageable before. Now it's managed for you spiritually, right? Any, any member of the group can manage its own affairs exactly as it pleases. Doesn't mean we'll be successful, but it means we're allowed to now, right? Because we have guidelines of the, of, of the steps. We have, we're trying to live God's will. So God wants us to try to manage our own affairs, right? Just like I want my child to know how to manage her affairs. Except, now there's an exception, when AA as a whole, our fellowship, when other people, when AA as a whole is threatened. Over the years, every conceivable deviation, any deviates in the group, raise your hand, raise your fist. Every conceivable deviation from our 12 steps and 12 traditions has been tried. What it's saying is you don't need to try a different way than what's in these two books because 
Every thought you've had has already been tried. I guarantee that's true. 30 years of this, I can guarantee it's absolutely true. If you think it up, they've already tried it. And it doesn't work or it'd be in the book, right? The, the only, this isn't the only thing they did. This is the only stuff that worked, right? And so they put the successful stuff in here. The proven and tested successful stuff is in here. The rest of the stuff you think about, if you're going to try it this way, maybe I'll just adjust it that way. Every conceivable deviation has been tried, and that was sure to be. And here it says, we are so largely a band of, and it describes us. So I'm going to say, the word are, that verb, that is not were, right? Were is in step one, right? But this is saying that right now, in recovery, in tradition four, today, as a recovered alcoholic, we are a band of ego-driven individualists. Right? If I don't fight, we, when it says ego, it's talking about pride and vanity, right? About self, that sort of ego, the ego of self, capital S. I am a self-driven individualist. I'll do it my way, right? My way is always better. Every argument you ever had, if you just try it my way. <laughs> and I love this, children of chaos. It's the name of my new band. Children of Chaos. Oops, already taken. But it, it's from some Nordic guy. <laughs> some black metal Nord. Children of Chaos. We have defiantly played with every brand of fire. Ta-da! Can you see this? That triangle right there in our symbol? You know what that is? That's the alchemaic symbol for fire. Right? And it's one of the reasons it was chosen. It mean, because when we, are, when we are changed by fire, we're melted down, we're broken down, we're changed by fire, the dross, as it says in the big book and the Bible, the dross comes to the top, which is where all the impurities in metallurgy, you scoop off the scum and you have the pure metal. You've got gold, right? If you're, if you're gold ore and you crush it up, you get gold. Gold, copper ore, you get copper, right? You become pure. That's so we play with fire knowing sure well that that's what's going to eventually bring us out. Not so we get burned. We're drawn to being changed. Children of chaos, right? We have no plans. What's chaos? We have no plan, and yet we make the biggest plans. That's insane. We're children of chaos who want to plan. In fact, we want to share our plans with other groups, with our, with our partners, tell them how to live, our families, right, other groups, the government. We have big plans, although I'm a child of chaos. Defiantly played with, don't touch that fire. That's okay, I'm going to do something. What happens? We only to emerge unharmed. What kind of fire are they talking about? They're talking about every conceivable different way, every conceivable deviation from the 12 steps and the 12 traditions. It's amazing, right? No one here has said, don't do what's in the 12 steps. You know, try it your way. Go ahead. It's, it's, nobody, nobody should be able to tell you that. You're autonomous. 
Try it any way you want. Okay, I will. I'll play with fire. The fire that's going to melt me down and, and change me to pure metal, pure gold, pure silver, pure copper, tin, amazing stuff. I'll play with it. And what happens? I don't get burned because it's AA. If I stay within the guidelines, I'm not going to get burned. Right? If I'm third, page 77, right? If I'm, if I'm there to be a servant of God and man, and then myself, God and fellows, and then myself, I can emerge unharmed. And we think wiser. So right there. It's okay to be a, be a deviant. It's okay to try it your own way. Just know that this is the proven stuff. Right? Trial and error is how we learn. You don't teach a baby how to walk by making sure that the baby never falls on its butt. It has to fall down. But what you do is you make sure the baby isn't wandering out onto the street or over by the steps, you know, or by a sharp-edged coffee table. You know, you protect the baby. But you let the baby fall, and that's that's what AA, hence God, is doing for all of us. Go and do it your own way. Here's the way that works, though. Here's the way that works. But go ahead. And, 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 and what you're trying has already been tried, but that's okay. You know, you're, you're digging a well where we already proved it's dry, but go ahead. Go ahead. Because you won't get hurt if you stay within the guidelines of these 12 steps, right? That you're third. That's what it says. You cannot affect others, right? You have to still serve God, serve others, page 77. Your real purpose. These very deviations, the actual deviations that I just talked about, that everybody tried, created a vast process of trial and error. Need I say more? Which, under the grace of God, right? That's the attitude of God that's on page 75 in the 12 and 12, by the way. If you want to take a second to look that, it says... uh, Then AA, we looked and listened everywhere. We saw failure and misery transformed by humility into priceless assets. We heard story after story of how humility had been, had, how humility had brought strength out of weakness. In every case, pain had been the price of admission, right? It's God. We place God first and then others second. And when under the grace of God, This trial and error has brought us to where we stand today. Now, so you can do the trial and error, play with fire, waste your time. It doesn't mean you won't be miserable while you do it. You might be. Or you can say, you know, they've already done a lot of testing. Maybe I'll just follow what's in here, right? But you only have to answer to your own conscience and to God as you understand him. You don't have to answer to your sponsor if your sponsor goes, hey, I suggested you do this, and you don't, that has nothing to do with me. This, this tradition allows any protege I have to do anything he wants. It doesn't mean that I go, okay, so you're out. <laughs> and that's not directed at anybody. That's, that's what's right here. Right? It says, um, we saw that the group, all of us, um, exactly like the individual, right? So it's saying right here that the individual 
right? This applies to us individually, the group exactly like the individual or the individual exactly like the group. If it's exactly, it's an equal. Equal is equal on either side, either way you read it. Must eventually conform, eventually conform to whatever tested principles would guarantee survival. So if you're drowning in in samsara, the Buddhists call it, misery, right? Sea of misery. If you're drowning in a sea of misery and uh, you're sober and you want to see if if I dive down and grab that rock, if that will help me float into... (laughs) Get it float out of the sea of of suffering. You're you're allowed to try that, you know. If you want to flap your arms and kick your legs and see if you can fly out of the sea of suffering, you're allowed to try that. You know, you can try anything you want, or you can look here and see what the same people who have the same feelings, the same thing you went through, did to get out of that suffering. Right? The tested. The test, and then conform to it, and then follow the recipe, right? You don't break in art. You don't just go, "Hey, I'm 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 going to break all the rules of art and do my own art." It's probably a good idea to learn what the rules are before you break any of them, right? So learn how. I mean, I mean, Van Gogh didn't just start blotching paint. He's a freaking awesome artist that tried many different styles. You know, including Japanese watercolors. He and Gauguin got into Japanese watercoloring for a while. It was awesome, right? Then they started making their own rules. But you need to know the recipes here before you change any rules to see if they'll work for you. So you conform, right, to whatever tested principles would guarantee survival. Not hold you up for a minute, right? We've discovered, and, and, and by the way, what are those, how were those principles tested? How were these principles tested? We just read that right up here by trial and error, right? They weren't just God-given principles that we go, I don't know. They're already people skin their knees, <laughs> right, trying to do this. They got carpet burns on their elbows from getting drunk. We had discovered that there was perfect safety in the process of trial and error. All right. Now, that doesn't encourage you to go try to drink and stay sober. That's not what it says or anything near that. It says that you're free to try to date this person, even though everyone around you says that's not a good idea. You know, her nickname is Psycho 2. Okay. The Exorcist 3, that's a better one. That's a little more topical. The exorcist, no, what, what, are, what are all the, oh, let's call it conjuring three. Okay, there we go. Would that be better? What's another one? No, she is the human centipede. I'm trying to be a little more topical. <laughs> a little more topical. Right? Don't date her. <laughs> and then I go, yeah, but I'm different. Right? I'm different. I can handle that craziness. I'm good. I'm good. That's just one example, you know. We might try, hey, don't, don't do a geographic change so soon, right? Yeah, but I'm good. I'm good. Good luck. And it may work. 
It may work. I don't know what God's will is. That's the whole idea here. Let me make sure where I am time-wise. Oh, good. You know, and here comes Chris's story. Chris loves this. Um, no, this is, uh, this is I, I, I was with my wife. She was working. Um, the baby wasn't born yet. And uh, I said, you know, I know what I can do. I can, I can uh, sell horoscopes. And uh, that's, that's, that's quick, easy money. And so I put together, I, I, I couldn't get any money. I was going to take it to state fairs and stuff, build a booth that you set up, you know, and it could be indoors or outdoors with lights and, and charts and everything, and then do my quick spiel and sell, sell horoscopes and then do some more, right? Old-fashioned thing and very awesome, a lot of fun. So I went to the bank. First of all, I didn't have money to do it. So there was my first obstacle. I go, well, I'll go to the bank. I'd never been in a bank. What the hell, you know? I'm I'm in, I I think I'm in year three or year four of sobriety. Somewhere around there. And uh, so I asked the bank, I go, uh, can I get a signature loan? They go, we don't do signature loans anymore. Those went out in like the 50s, man. What books are you reading? But we'll give you a credit card. Oh, really? Yeah. Now, it's only a $1,000 credit card. Only $1,000. Awesome. I'm gone. I'm out, right? My first credit card I got in sobriety. You know, immediately my wife wants to use it. I go like, no, 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 no. I'm not going to use it unless I actually have the money in the bank to pay for it, right? This is for emergencies only. <laughs> so I go and use it to buy the, the, the lumber to build this, this booth that elevates me and everything and, and all the charts and all that stuff. And then I call the uh, fair. I'm in Phoenix, Arizona, so I call the fairs that are open. I have a list. And the ones that are just opening because it's spring are in California. So I call them. And they go, well, you need liability insurance. Okay, there's, there's number two, right? Number two. I go, well, I don't have liability insurance, so I call around to try to get it. I can't get it. So I ask a friend, would you loan me your, a copy of your policy so I can cut and paste my name into it? Because all they need is just a copy of it. He goes, yeah, sure, you know, whatever. And so I do that, and I, and I fax him a cut and paste copy of liability insurance. They go, okay. And then they need a down payment. Oh, my God, three. Okay, so we get that. And I set up like three different fairs. I finally get in to do those. And uh, then, okay, well, it, it's time to go. I built the thing, and um, I'm going to use this car, and this car doesn't work anymore. Something happened with the, the car, my car. And so my wife goes, well, you know, we got the little crappy Toyota that I had in college, you know, that's is just really, oh, God, no air conditioning, no, no radio or nothing. Well, yeah, okay, well, I'll use that. But it's not registered. Oh, my God. So I'm up to, I think, four or five obstacles now. So I go to try to get it registered. They, they can't register it fast enough. All right. So I go to my computer, and I print out a registration tag on, uh, on like, uh, red paper, and then I tape it onto the, uh, 
the, li- the license plate, and then I take some mud and I sling the mud across that. So, you know, because a good forgery, you know, you put this little added touch. Vroom! So you can't see it clearly, but you get, yeah, it's red. It, it fits the year. Okay, it's shiny. It's got tape on it. Okay, fine. So I, I get that going, and dude, I, I first, I get to California. I mean, uh, I do the state fair. First thing they say, they go, this is the worst state fair in the history of California. The attendance is lower than it has ever been ever in the history. So I made just enough money to pay the hotel bill that I was staying at. So I'm, I'm at even Steven, right? And then I'm driving up to another one in, in Chico, right? Nothing against people in Chico, just Chico is a state prison town, right? It's not the coolest place to hang out. And my, I shoot a rod through the <laughs> hood of the car. So I basically I have to unload this big thing and try to get it. Oh my God, it was awful. I, I, don't, I can't tow it. I, 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 I hitchhike into town. There's no cell phones then. Um, this guy takes me to a hotel in a ghost town and leaves me at the big hotel, which is all dark. And the whole town is freaking, there's one, one street light. I go into this place, and there is somebody who's somehow run an electrical cord in, and he's living in, in, in this abandoned hotel. And I'm like, I'd like to get a room. And he's like, oh, what, what? And then I run in fear for my life. And freaking, I finally get a bus to Chino. I finally get the car to a place to work on it and and everything. And then in China, I get sick and I'm I'm still pitching all these horoscopes and I'm working my ass off. I get enough money to pay for the repair on the car and get a tank of gas to drive home. And by the time I get home, I'm even Steven from like six weeks of working my ass off. I come home, I have zero dollars from all of that stuff, where God kept going, hey, those big plans, slow down. No, 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 I'll overcome them, right? And then, this is Chris's favorite part, then so my father comes to visit, right? Well, now I want to see how my sober husband, or my sober son, and his sober wife, my daughter-in-law, are living, and, you know, he's been sober like three years now, and let's see, you know, their wonderful life. My dad shows up and my car's still messed up because I don't have any money to fix it because I spent six weeks not earning anything, right? And and so I get in the little Toyota and I'm driving him around. Whoop, whoop, whoop. What's wrong? Sir, what's that on your on your license plate? I had totally forgotten about the fake uh, registration sticker, which the son in Phoenix had now bleached to a, a pink, right? So I have a, a pink sticker that draws your eye right to it, and I get like a $600 fine. So now I'm down $600, right? And, and at the end of it all, and I'm embarrassed with my dad and all this stuff, and at the end of it all is Tradition 4, right? Big plans and designs, man. Yeah, but see, what, what, I, what I did is trial and error, right? What I did was, oh, no, no, no. I was taught, you go in there, son. Take, take control of your life, right? Be a man. Go do it. 
Yeah, well, is it God's will? Well, God wants you to contribute to the family. You're not working. Your wife is. Go work. All right, this is my idea for working. All right, I'll go do that. When God would go, no, something else maybe. Oh, but I'm blinded. I'm blinded by my own self-will at three years sober, right? Oh, but I'm going to trial and error. Hey, what happened? Did I get burned? Yeah, I got singed, (laughs) right? But I came out virtually, you know, unharmed, right? I emerged unharmed. Trial and error. We saw that the group, we were divorced many, a few years after that, by the way. Not many, a couple you know, baby was born. And <laughs> so, so if you just want to know how the whole story ended, that, that's where it is. Um, but she's, a, she's, she's one of my best friends now. Um, we had to conform to whatever principles would guarantee uh, survival. We had discovered that there was perfect safety in the process of trial and error. Right? It's what did I pray tonight before, right? I prayed, thank you God for all the obstacles you put in our path so that we can grow stronger and get closer to you, right? Every time I stub my toe, I can either curse or I can, I can rejoice, right? And hopefully, over decades, I learned to rejoice. I, go, I gotta get to that last paragraph, right? You know, we are, this is, this is where the trust I talked about a couple weeks ago comes into play. Because this is the same as tradition one, that there's nobody over us, right? There's no AA police. There's no God police. Well, you know, unless you want to count the Inquisition. That's <laughs> a pretty, pretty big example of God police, but I just mean, in general for us today in here, there's not. You know, we're allowed to find God by our own path. Excuse me. It's a beautiful thing. We're allowed the right to be wrong. So that's why we added this, though. Any two or three alcoholics gathered together for sobriety can call themselves an AA group. What do you have to do? Do you have to fill things out? No. Do you have to declare yourself at at, at intergroup? Nope. Do you have to send something in, an index card to New York? Not at all. Do I have to call somebody? Nope. You're an AA group. You're autonomous. Do I have to serve coffee? No. Can I? Whatever you want. You could serve gin, except that would damage AA as a whole. Right? Because people see your behavior connected with AA as a whole. That's what it's talking about. So you can't do something that will harm other recovered or recovering uh, alcoholics. You have to be third. You have to serve. You're a servant of God and man, right? Page 77. Provided that as a group, you have no other affiliation. By the way, if you're affiliated with someone you're not autonomous. So you're autonomous as long as you remain autonomous. Makes sense, right? It makes clear sense to even the crazy us. Any AA group 
is an individual entity. So that means you are an individual entity. You are as important in God's universe as anything. When I, I've spoken about how big the universe is, and it's incredibly large. I mean, I'm not going to get into it. Just Google it. <laughs> right? It's bigger than you can even think. You cannot wrap your mind around how big it is. If I tried to explain what a 4th, 5th, 6th, 7th, 8th, 9th, 10th, and 11th dimension is to you mathematically, or, <laughs> I can't do it, or math- mathematically, um, it would be easier than trying to conceive how big just space in our own dimension is. And yet, so I'm saying you're nothing compared to how big everything is, and yet, because you're an individual entity, you're as important to God as we understand him as any other. And in your reality, the most important. In your reality. Right? Because when you end, your reality ends. That's why we serve others. Right? Strictly, you are an individual entity strictly reliant on your own conscience as a guide to action. Right? What is that? You know. It's the difference between right and wrong. It's an enormous expanse of freedom. And we see only two things we have to tell you. That you, you ought not do anything that would greatly injure others. Right? It's talking about a group in AA, but I'm saying in our individual lives, others that would great you see we're always going to injure others by what harm do we mean anyway it says in the 12 and 12 right um and financial is not one of them it's physical mental emotional and spiritual and i can tell you every relationship i've ever had has at least two out of the four right i have somehow spiritually harmed Every relationship, not everyone, or, but, you know, one, two, one, probably two out of the four I could apply to almost every, I'm, I'm pretty sure every relationship. I have harmed people. I continue to. But today, I promptly admit it. And I do the repair as soon as I can. Right? So it's not saying that we can live our lives without ever harming anyone. We will. We will, if we keep following, following these guidelines, keep Climbing that ladder. I believe we will. But right now it's about greatly injuring others. As a whole, or individually, if we're applying this individually. Thank you, God. Nor ought it, ought it affiliate itself with anything or anybody else, because then you wouldn't be autonomous. We're not talking about there are certain meetings I think that I, I questioned early on. I don't question anymore. I, I, you know, and I don't want to get into that. So, so do we, you know, it says we can't label them wet, dry, Republican, communist, Catholic, Protestant, etc. Can we label them men's and women's? Sure, we can label them anything we want. Um, I think so far every labeled meeting I've ever been to, I've never been told I couldn't attend. 
right? I've always been able to attend through a group conscience. Because there again, conscience, right? Answering only to your own conscience. And so that's what they do. They ask God as a group. They go, okay, ladies, you know, this is the only one. Now, out of respect, I may say, you know, let ladies do what ladies do. Because we're not going to understand some of the things. Not that they want to be private, but like men, the men's meeting I go to, we play rough. And, and that could be misunderstood by some ladies. I, some not. Some play rough too. <laughs> right? But sobriety had to be its sole objective. By the way, that's yours too. And then here it's what it says, very important on page 147. Every group had the right to be wrong. Every group has the right to be wrong. Right? Big motives disguised. It's on in the big book, page 86. Look at that. At your big motives. When they tell this story about uh, making this, this, this first uh, recovery center and the foundation and all of that, and they, they gave 61 rules and regulations because they were going to make sure everything happened great. And, and uh, then what happened is alcoholics start coming in on the top and working their way down to the clubs or coming in the clubs and working their way up to the schools or they just go, I don't want the schools or the clubs. I just need the hospital or, you know, what I need is a loan. What I just need the, the, your super AA bank, I, you know, and, and it just went crazy. And it says here on page 149, that it was, uh, it, it was, it was a beehive of activity. All right. But unlike a beehive, which is perfection, right? Perfection. Not only is it God's symbol of, of, of joy and perfect harmony, uh, you know, but everyone from the Egyptians to the Masons have used a beehive to show perfect order. It says, yeah, it, unlike that, it was confusion compounded. And, and, and for our Paulsian friends, the, the first letter to the Corinthians 14 and 33 says, God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. That's one of the ways I, I've learned now to see if I'm working in God's will. If there's confusion as to what I should do, not just obstacles, but confusion, almost always it's not God's will. If I have a sense of peace, that, that's a much better sign. Much better sign. And so then they said, of course, there's the famous Rule 62. So after all these big plans, and I believe it was Wilson, correct me if I'm wrong, but he talks about the big promoter, and I believe he's talking about himself, where they, they, they put together even three corporations, and he was the president of all three. Yeah, nah, 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 nah. Right? And it all crashes down. And then they all feel fear, frustration. Frustration is just a nice word for anger. Fear and anger. When our plans fail, what do we feel? Fear and anger. You want to quit feeling that? Quit making big plans. Right? Trying to dis- try to discover what God has. Our real purpose is what? To be best fitted to be of maximum service to God and to those about us. And then what happened? Rule 62. You, you won't be able to see it. It looks like, it looks like a Highway 66 sign. This is the, the, uh, the medallion they gave me, uh, 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 West Dixie Group gave me this medallion on my 29th birthday. And it says, don't take yourself too damn serious. 
on the back. That's rule 62. Don't take yourself too damn serious. Here's the most beautiful thing, and it should be seriously. This says serious, but it's seriously because it's an adjective, right? Or adverb. Thus it was, here's the whole message of this tradition, the last paragraph on page 149. Thus it was that under tradition four, an AA group and you individually had exercised its right to be wrong. You can exercise that. You have the right to, hey, I'm not praying enough. I'm not, I'm not meditating hard enough. <laughs> you have the right to be wrong. Right? You can stand up. Being, you know, I said Ambrose Bierce defined being positive as wrong at the top of your voice. You have the right to be positive of something. Right? Moreover, it had performed a great service for Alcoholics Anonymous because it had been humbly willing to apply the lessons it had learned. Go back to page 75, right? Humility brings strength out of weakness, right? Brings success out of failure. Humbly, humility. It had, and this is what we love to do individually, picked itself up with a laugh and gone on to better things. If I can learn that one thing in everything I do, I'm a success, dude. Right? You can't, can't hold me down. It's like the Blues Brothers when, they, when she blows up the building and, and you think they're dead and then the bricks fall apart and they come out of the rubble and act like they don't even notice and go down the street, right? It's great. It's awesome. They go down to get in the car. It's like pick yourself up. Dust yourself off and go on to better things. Even the chief architect, standing in the ruins of his dream, could laugh at himself. And that is the very acme, the peak, the highest point of humility. Being able to laugh at yourself because, hey, I'm not giving it to you, and AA's not even giving it to you, but I believe God himself has given you the right to be wrong. I hope you'll be here next week. Thank you, God. I'm uh, God, Doc, alcoholic. <laughs> Thank you, Doc, for your service. Um, and now we have the secretary's report. Chris will be doing it. Hi, my name is Chris, and I'm your recovered alcoholic secretary. In keeping with our seventh tradition, which states that every group shall be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions, normally the baskets are now going around, uh, but our suggestion is to just go ahead and, and donate that uh, money that you would put in the basket to intergroup. Contribute. Sorry, it's not a donation. It's a contribution. Amen. Contribution to intergroup. Uh, I have asked Mike Chase E. to come up here and read the recovered <laughs> statement. We read this notice to explain why many people in this group identify as recovered rather than recovering and what exactly it means to be a recovered alcoholic like Chase. Ooh. Recovered. Ooh, I'm sorry. We are recovered. We are not cured of alcoholism. Recovered but not cured. That presents a conflict with some alcoholics. If we were cured, we would be able to drink responsibly. No, we are not cured. The allergic reaction to alcohol will remain for us for our lifetime. 
but we haven't restored to sanity. That was the problem. The main problem of the alcoholic centers in his mind rather than his body. Big book, page 23. We are now saying where alcohol is concerned. Consequently, we have recovered. 1940s-style big book sponsorship. From the forward to the second edition of Alcoholics Anonymous, of alcoholics who came to AA and really tried, 50% got sober at once and remained that way, 25% sobered up after some relapses, and among the remainder, those who stayed on with AA showed improvement. What we've seen, felt, come to believe, and experience is that God has not changed over time, and neither should the sacred approach back to his loving arms. The statistics above suggest a 75% success rate. Could I have a show of hands in the Zoom meeting and on Facebook of recovered alcoholics? Go ahead and wave to us. Hey, and in the room, too. There's only two, of course. Uh, so if you need a sponsor, speak with one of those folks on Zoom uh, or speak with one of us here at this group. Okay, let's get connected with those people, get them connected to God via the 12 steps and the program of action. This is not the last meeting of the month. Uh, so please join us. Monday nights, uh, Monday nights, if you are looking for something awesome to do, there's a big book study meeting where the big book comes live. We got Mike Chase, we got Doc, and we got our traditionist Bill. So it's kind of a trifecta of big book awesomeness uh, going on. That's 630 fellowship, 715 meeting. I believe actually this week we're going to be on page 44. We're starting We Agnostics. So that's going to be a, a cool Bill actually started it before we got there. Nice. Yeah, it's a, it's a yeah. So, uh, yeah, it, you're in for a treat if you tune in Monday night. And then next week, it's going to be Tradition 5. We have CDs, mugs, large print big books, little red books, big book dictionaries for sale. We meet every Thursday starting promptly at 7.15. We ask that you be courteous and ready to begin at the Road to Recovery theme. See Fellowship you next week. Starts Fellowship starts uh, It never ends. No, 630. <laughs> 6.30. 6.30. <laughs> All right, we have tonight's session and all other past speaker podcasts online for free at alcoholicsandgod.org. Mm. I'd like to invite everyone to our Monday night big book study and to those who wish to thank the speaker, I guess leave some comments in there. Um, and let's close with the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen.
much accumulation. Possessions that I have amount to nothing at all.
Michael Chase, here's that song you've been asking me for for a million years. I finally pulled it out the pulled it out the corners of my mind, and um, here you go. See the light, 
blessings when I go to sleep at night and I dream now. Yeah, I dream now. And everything's alright. <laughs> oh, man. Going on 10 years old, that song is. God bless. I love you, Mike Chase. Bye.
dignity. Got one man that just won't say. 